Happy Friday, everybody. Happy Kokomo Friday. Welcome to Fantasy Baseball today. Pretty excited for today's show. Try to read your emails later at fantasybaseball at cbsi.com. We've got the Lino to Shields email. You know I was like talking about the Lino to Shields. Uh, but Dallas Keuchel mm. is in Atlanta. How you feeling, Scott? Why aren't you wearing your Brave shirt? They just got Dallas Keuchel. Got a former Cy Young Award winner for nothing. Yeah, they did. Last time they signed a former Cy Young winner, it was R.A. Dickey. And Bartolo Colon also, the same offseason. That went swimmingly. But yeah, no, this is exciting. This is exciting. Sure, this is probably uh, probably their second best pitcher, third best, depending on how you feel about Fulton Evich. Who's, who's out? So, uh, who's out of the rotation? Probably, I mean, they don't have to decide today. That's true. Uh, assuming Keiko passes his physical, he'll go to Triple A Gwinnett to start Saturday. And I assume they'll assess his readiness from there. But I'm expecting it'll be... It'll be a few weeks till we actually see him. Yeah, I was trying to rank the Braves pitchers now. I moved Keuchel up, I think, to number 60 in my starting pitcher rankings. I would definitely have Soroka and still Max Freed ahead of him. I think he'd be third for me, then Fulte, then Teron, then Gosman. Okay. Gosman's probably going to be the one out unless he turns things around. And judging by his peripherals, he could... You know, it, it could suddenly click for him, and he has a couple great starts, and then, then I guess maybe they have a dilemma on their hands. But but Keiko will definitely not be the odd man out. Once he's ready to go, he'll be ready to go. And, uh, you know, he said he moved him up to 60th now. I, that's about where I moved him to. Uh, when he's back, though, I'm, I'm not sure he's going to be much higher than 50 for me just because there are, you know, there there are enough there are enough more exciting options. Like, Keuchel is not an exciting option anymore. He's a stable option, but he's not an exciting one. Top 50 would still mean must own, obviously, but it wouldn't, you know, he's not going to be, uh, he's not going to be, a, well, probably not going to be your ace in the hole. He, well, he, I, he yeah, I think be... Marcus Stroman's right between 40 and 50, and that's kind of what I would expect from Keuchel if he's good. I, I, I think the expectation should probably be for a pitcher that hasn't thrown yet this year that he's going to be bad when he starts. Well, he needs to be but, better than he was last year. I think the Stroman comparison's pretty good because last year it was high three ZRA, low strikeout rate, and and unfortunately a high whip, one thirty one whip. So yeah, yeah, I, I, mean, I do yeah. think the upside is higher than Stroman, but it's most most likely expectations are probably something similar. Yeah, yeah, Heath, I was going to welcome you to the show by saying something about the Royals. I couldn't think of anything, so I just did a news search for Royals. Look at these horrible words. Stranded runners and doomed seventh cost Royals. Royals skid hits six games. Royals blanked at home by Reds. It's very, it's very you know, gloomy this, stuff. This season is trying- going exactly the way every Royals fan should want it to. They found a couple of future stars, and they're losing all the games so they get a number one pick, and they got Bobby Witt. I, I can't imagine things going any better. You look at the way he spun that, Adam. You can't troll the master troll. You tried. <laughs> no, I wasn't. I, I, maybe I was a little. Okay, so let's. We're gonna do a uh, two-star pitchers, weekend streamers. 
I have to apologize, sincere apology for something that I did, just an awful thing I did on the show yesterday. But first, who would you rather have? Dallas Keuchel, who's 86% owned, or Colorado starting pitcher Peter Lambert, who's 12% owned? Yeah, I'm not uh, I'm not feeling Peter Lambert, so definitely go Keuchel there. Although, Peter Lambert is a two-star pitcher this week, or at least line, next week is lined up to be anyway. Yeah, he was very good uh, in his first start, but looking at those minor league numbers and ratios, no yeah. thank you. Yeah, it's Not crazy. a good strikeout pitcher down there. ERA over five at AAA. He is genuinely, it was their number three prospect, according to Baseball America, coming into the year, but that you actually, you read the actual scouting report, and it, it sounds a lot like Kyle Freeland, where Peter Peter Lambert is, you know, like, uh, uh, got four pitches and he knows how to use them. But he his upside's like a three or four starter. And so it's like, well, why is there number three prospect? I don't get it. But, um, yeah, one thing that did stand out to me in this start, other than the fact, you know, the numbers were good, uh, average exit velocity on batted balls, 94.5 miles per hour, which would be, if it was a season mark, the third highest among all pitchers. So they were making some pretty good contact off of them. Interesting. All right, so Lambert went seven innings. He did strike out nine Cubs, four hits, one run, one walk. Very surprising. And he does have two starts next week, but they're both going to be at Coors Field against the Cubs and the Padres, who have apparently their leadoff hitter back, Fernando Tatis, led off yesterday. Who would you rather have, Trevor Bauer or Kyle Hendricks? Bauer or Hendricks? I'll still take Trevor Bauer, Bauer for sure. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of interesting quotes after last night's game, but I'll, I'll, I'll read them yeah. in a second. Go ahead and talk about Trevor Bauer, who gave up five runs. He basically he just pitched against Max Kepler. Everybody else he did well against, but Kepler homered <laughs> off him three times and drove he's him He's Trevor four. Bauer again. Yeah. He's, he's no longer Cy Bauer. He's Trevor Bauer again. No, uh, I, see, don't I don't know, really Heath. Take. It's a bad really... narrative. Yeah, because I, I think it I think it underestimates just how bad Trevor Bauer used to be because this would True. still be his second best ERA ever. What it he would, has all, right but now. this is by far it, his all of his worst peripherals. No, look at his I mean look at his whip. His, well, his whip is only 1.16. That's a that's a good he actually has a good whip. Fip, uh, he's on and Sierra are all much worse than they okay. were when he was Allegedly I mean, the walk pitcher. rate. The walk rate is on the high side, and the home runs have been on the high side. I think both of those are correctable. Though the point is, the stuff is there. The swinging strike rate, which spiked last year, is still the same as last year. And um, you know, he did one of the comments he did mention. Adam, I'll go ahead and put this out there: is that he's 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 banged up. Yes, and he's trying to pitch through it. Which, so I don't know what to make of that. I know because, what to make of that. You know, have worked recently. Uh, Francona, what the hell is the matter with Terry Francona? <laughs> like he pitches. Trevor Bauer is averaging like 113 pitches per game. And yesterday, and there are so many games where you could easily just take him out after like five innings where he's struggling, including yesterday. And he got hit by a comebacker on the foot yesterday. And Terry This Francona, was just such a perfect time to use the fooled you sound drop for Trevor Bauer. He fooled you last year. You thought he was a legitimate ace. Okay, no, so listen. He's not, he's not that bad. Uh, wait. Oh, why he hasn't it? even been that bad. I mean, sub four ERA, low whip. Uh, you know, the whip. It, it, it's weird that he has a low whip considering his walk rate is way up, and he's giving up well, a lot. It probably of helps runs. that he has a two thirty nine BABIP against. That's the only reason he has a sub four ERA. He's been very lucky. Well, what was his BABIP against last year? I imagine two ninety seven, sixty points higher. 
I don't think he's pitched that well. I mean, let's let's be because he's also no, given he's up, been bad. He's given up a lot of unearned he's, runs too, and and I, that doesn't show up in the ERA. But but he's he's yeah. I mean he's struggling. No, he question. hasn't been great recently, but his season long numbers. Are actually like he's on pace for more than 220 innings, on pace for more than 260 strikeouts. Yeah, he's I, I guess a little it bit just depends what your what your definition of good is, but those those are numbers that would never be leaving my lineup. Yeah, I don't think he would probably be on pace for 220 innings if hitters had a normal BABIP against him. Well, okay, but Heath, to call you out here, if you're call, calling, okay. if you're calling a. Uh, on Trevor Bauer, then how yeah. are you not taking Kyle Hendricks ahead of him? Like, obviously, you don't believe that this is the Trevor Bauer of the past because the Trevor Bauer of the past is not a rosterable player. I don't know that he wasn't a rosterable player. Well, he ain't fringy. Kyle Hendricks. Yeah. Kyle Hendricks was a fringy player last year. If you think Trevor Bauer is the old Trevor Bauer, then you need to plummet him in your rankings. I have dropped him in my rankings. Keep going. Because you don't see that's the thing. I know I you don't believe with, that I'm he's str- the old. I'm str- like somebody t- tweeted at me earlier this week and said they traded Bauer for Bieber, and they got crushed in the comments. Obviously, because Bauer was much more highly rated. I am now struggling with Bauer versus Bieber in my rank. Right. That's a reasonable struggle. I don't think Bauer sure. versus Hendry. Uh, well, I, but Bauer versus Bieber, yeah. I mean. Mm-hmm. I, I think I think if Bauer just maintains the pace he's on, that's a little worse than Bieber. Um, but I I do think Bauer has a better chance of, you know, just and the guy he pitched against level. last night, Bauer versus Brees. I mean, look yeah. what happened with Chris Sale he, when he started expressing the most frustration vocally, like how quickly he turned it around after that and just started right. like we rang just- up. Had had a had a streak of like a dozen starts every time out. Like I I could see Bauer doing that. We do have a decade of Chris Sale being an ace though, and three quarters of one year of Trevor Bauer being an ace. But like I said, a lot of the underlying numbers for Bauer, mainly the dominant numbers, uh, still look really good. We have a year and a half of Trevor Bauer being an ace. A year and a half when he changed his arsenal and became an ace. I look. I just got to say, like I own Trevor Bauer in a couple leagues and. It hasn't been. It's been bad. You have been really angry, disappointed at what he's been giving you lately. Even though the innings and the strikeouts are there, and I honestly wish the innings weren't there because I am worried that Terry Francona is going to ruin him. So here are some of the things that Trevor Bauer said: "I executed really well all night. It just seems like anything that can go wrong will go wrong for me right now. I get gun shy every time a ball goes in the air because it seems like everything gets hit in the air is a homer. That's one thing." Second quote, I feel like I need to strike more people out, but I can't get swing and miss when I throw pitches in locations that should create swing and miss. It's been frustrating for sure. Third quote, right now I'm just trying to feel good for my next start physically. My body is pretty banged up. That's really where my focus has been to get ready physically. I've executed really well my last three starts, and I've lost three of them. Mm. All right, so I, I guess it seems to me like you guys are in the Bieber range with Trevor Bauer, which is still a top 20 pitcher, but not top 10 right now. I've I've dropped into nineteenth. Okay, all right. Um, I still think that you know if you don't really love your team and you and you want to take a swing for the fences, 
I'm not sure anybody yeah. would be surprised if Bauer is a top five pitcher going forward. I mean, I don't think it's the most likely outcome, but the skills are still there. It's not like he's not throwing hard or something like that. It's not like he's not getting the whiffs, as Scott mentioned. Sure. There's some encouragement. I don't mind buying low on him. All right. Uh, time for me to apologize. So, so sorry. Sure. Scott, you know what this is, right? <laughs> I, yeah. Uh, I cut Scott off. Yeah, I, know I cut off the butchery impression yesterday. I, you know, I felt it was going a little long. I was wrong. But I, it was none too kind. By yeah. the way, it wasn't even that long. I looked at the, I looked at the counter afterward. I How went long? back and watched it. How long was it? Like, it's not like I went on for five minutes or. It had to be. I, a, it had to be close to two I, minutes. I thought it was getting a little long, but. <laughs> yeah. Well, I apologize to as, all the people who much, told me. As much nerve as it takes me to do that, Adam, because I'm terrified every time I do it. Really? Like, you're, you're very you good. You cut me off like that, I never want to do that. <laughs> I'm so sorry. You've lost it. It's gone. I once knew a man named Kane, first name Lorenzo, only spelled differently. That's the one. That's differently is good. All right. Uh, yeah. uh, so that's my apology. <laughs> Who's your fa- who are a couple of your favorite two-star pitchers for next week? Uh, that are owned in 70% of leagues or less. I like a couple. Ki- oh, the best one we mentioned yesterday, Spencer Turnbull. The matchups are great. I think it's Cleveland and Toronto. That, that's a pretty obvious one. But then beyond that, the kids. The kids, they're both owned in less than 25% of the league. And I'm talking about uh, uh, John Duplantier <laughs> okay. and Cal-, Cal Quantrill who I don't think shows up on the CBS list. I don't think they're ready to commit to the fact that he has another turn, but he most definitely has one, and I think he'll have two. The second of them is at Colorado, but the first of them is a really good matchup, so I don't I don't have too many uh, issues starting him, certainly not in points leagues. They're both widely, widely available and coming off two, two encouraging starts, each of them. Oh, I, okay. I've never felt worse that I can recall about the two-start pitcher list. You're lying. It's not that bad. What's wrong with you? Every, the, okay, let's forget about the kids for just a second. Because I have concerns about Cal Quantrill, um, mostly because, like, he's made five starts in the major leagues and has a 4.85 ERA, and he was mostly not good in the minors. Yeah, I'm kind of with Heath. I'm a little uneasy, Scott, especially if one of those is at Colorado. At San Francisco yeah, and at Colorado. His, his, San Francisco's the other one. And, like, he, he was good in every way his last two starts. And we're talking former first-round pick, top prospect pedigree. Guy whose pedigree, like, prospect ranking didn't really suffer because he wasn't pitching well, which is always interesting. Scott, I'm going yeah, mean, to kill you if you start him in our, in our scam league. <laughs> oh, that's a, that's a categories league. Um which but, is but forgetting those guys for just a moment, because I think you could you could reasonably argue about whether those are good pitchers and we don't know who's going to be right yet. Looking at the guys that I considered for two start, you've got Jared Eikhoff, Spencer Turnbull, John Means, Mike Leak, and this the peripheral I generally use to decide how well I think a pitcher is going to pitch in the future is Sierra. 4.45, They are all have all been below average. Only Leak has averaged better than five and a half innings per start. Like these are by the way we generally measure pitchers, they've all been bad. And Ikoff has been the best of the group so far, but doesn't have mm-hmm. very good matchups. So I yeah, think you I'm just listed bad pitchers there. I agree. 
What's I, that? I, there, yeah, you mostly but, listed bad pitch. I think I agree. You, you missed my two favorite. Other than probably, well, that's what I said. That's Turnbull. what I was going to say. Is I'm just going to lean on Adam Azer uh-huh. and go with a guy that I know he's going to like for my favorite two start pitcher. Uh-huh. He's pitched well in his last two starts. He gets a matchup against the White Sox. I'll take Anibal. Yeah, I like Anibal Sanchez. The other matchups against Arizona, and I, I have to look, but I think Arizona. Like, I know they're not winning a lot of games. I think they're starting to struggle a little bit. Now, they got David Peralta back. That helps. But I don't think Arizona's that tough of a matchup anymore. So I like Anibal Sanchez at 33%. And I like Dakota Hudson, uh, who's getting a ton of ground balls. He's not going to strike a lot of guys out. So it's probably a points league thing because the whip is pretty high. But Dakota Hudson, his last seven starts, he has a 280 ERA. And he gets at Miami and at the Mets. And he's RP eligible. So, uh, you know, the thing is, a lot of times I feel like we've had pitchers that I'm kind of interested in that have bad matchups. This week, it seems like we have pitchers that I don't really love so much, but they have really good matchups. So um, I, I just know that pretty much every time, because I've generally, for the two-star pitchers, just looked at the matchups and chosen some below-average pitchers, and they've gotten killed this year. It's been a, very, it's been a bad season for bad yeah. pitchers against bad offense. Well, that's, I mean, the, th- the, the line between a worthwhile two-star pitcher and one who's not is, is like, it's a very sharp line. Uh, you do not go below that line. It's a literal line when I rank the two-star pitchers, and just don't do it because right. It I'm just be not sure any of these guys should be above that line. What about Turnbull? You don't yeah. feel that way about Turnbull, Heath? I've not been as encouraged as Scott has. I mean, he's okay, and I think he has potential. But again, well, so, so far he well, has been bad, definitively. Let me bring up. Let me bring up the point you were making about Sierra because it's it's something I've noticed this year, and it's worth bringing up. Uh, you're you're kind of using four as the mark of whether or not it's I'm a good okay with pitcher. like 4.2. Okay. Okay. I, I was going to say that uh, among the 85 qualifying pitchers this year, the number with a Sierra below 375 is 18. So, you know, they're, they're, it's hard to have a good Sierra in, in this environment. Yeah, oh, I'm, interesting. I'll look right now. I would guess league average is about 4.2. And I'm okay with starting an average pitcher against in a, in a two-star week. Spencer Turnbull, That's about by the, the way, point it, of the top eight five. Yeah. Spencer Turnbull's had a good year. I mean, he's got a 301 ERA, just under a strikeout per inning. He's got a 128 whip. He hasn't been as good lately, for sure. But he hasn't really been, like, terrible. And his, his Average is actually are, up to 4.3 now. His matchups so are maybe 4.4 is only slightly worse than the average. All right, favorite week. But but like, I don't care. You're talking about Spencer Turnbull Sierra? Or so, XFIP. Well, what about his ERA? What about what he's actually I, done? I, I understand. I'm not, I don't get any credit for what he's actually done. What I'm telling you is... But he hasn't been bad. You can't say he's Sierra, been bad. Sierra X, and XFIP are more predictive of what they're going to do going forward than ERA is. All right, that's fine. Like I will. This is a non-fantasy discussion. Then, like you cannot say that Spencer. No, Turbo it's not has a non-fantasy bad. discussion. What they are going to do moving forward is what their fantasy value is. I, fine. Like I, I understand that if you want to guess going forward, that you if you want to use the peripherals of the Sierra, like that's that's great. But don't say Spencer Turnbull's been bad because the Sierra is high when his ERA is a run lower, or even more than his, a run lower. Okay. He he has he's done he well. Has not year. allowed very many runs. That's yeah, correct. which is the point of pitching. So he's done well. Give the best. Run. <laughs> right, any weekend streamers? I don't love the weekend streamers. By the way, uh, I do think that if if Andrew Heaney is available, you need to get him. He's seventy nine percent owned. He's he's the best one. He's the most owned 
Um, I think maybe Framber Valdez against Baltimore could work. He's 15% owned. Uh, I, you know, Nick Pavetta against Cincinnati. CeCe Sabathia at Cleveland could work. Uh, Jose Arrania maybe against Atlanta. That one scares me a little bit. I like Zach Plezak, but I'm sitting him against the Yankees. Um, mm. Tyler Malley at Philadelphia is kind of iffy for me, guys. What do you think? I'd rather not. Yeah. Pablo Lopez Pavetta against sounded Atlanta. fine to me. Uh, Sabathia sounded fine. Right. Not great. Um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm not really expecting uh, Ramper Valdez to give you enough innings to be worth it against the Orioles. Sure. What, what about Arania or Pablo Lopez against the Braves? Be more likely to do Lopez than Arania, I think, but neither one, neither one strikes me as a great choice. Okay. Yeah, and I think, like, I think. Framber's thrown three or four innings in his last couple of outings, right? I think he could get to five, and with, he could he could probably get to five. Yeah, yeah, I, I think a win. I think I'd rather I'd rather do Framber than Urania. Cool. All right, we got news and notes, most added list, a lot of stuff from yesterday. Max Kepler homer three times. I haven't really talked about that. Patrick Corbin's been struggling a bit. Mike Fultonevich, Scott told you he was a buy low. He had the same problem last night. See if Scott still feels that way. If he does, now's not a bad time to make an offer on Mike Fultonevich. And uh, I'll try to read some emails. It was a quality start, Adam. Yeah, it was. It was not great, though. But it wasn't bad. Certainly wasn't bad for Fultonevich. I don't know how fantasy owners feel about it. Probably kind of meh. So we'll come right back after this break and talk about some big news to know about right after this. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more for way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long for just $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash ConcertWeek to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash ConcertWeek to buy now. Your news and notes today. Uh, Craig Kimbrell could be ready in about three weeks. Jose LeClerc is about to regain his closers role, it seems. And Wade Davis will be back very soon. And J.D. Martinez left with back spasms. I believe he had that issue last week as well. We'll keep an eye on J.D. Martinez. Mitch Hanniger left after, after fouling a ball off somewhere on his mid to lower body. Shinsu Chu's day-to-day. Didi Gregorius is coming back today. Glaber Torres might sit. He sat yesterday with a sore shoulder. He might sit again. But as Scott mentioned, Didi's going to sit once a series, at least at the outset. We don't know how long that'll last. Fernando Tatis is back. Matt Carpenter left with an injury. Doesn't seem serious. Dwight Smith Jr. is in the concussion protocol. Willie Calhoun expected to begin a rehab assignment next week. Charlie Blackman should be back today. Will Smith was sent to AAA. So much for Wally Pitt. Um, and then just so you know, Brandon Belt is 32% owned. He homered off Zach Wheeler yesterday. He came into yesterday's game, Brandon Belt, uh, with a 524 slugging percentage, a 380 on base percentage. So that's a 904 OPS against righties. It's probably even better now. He had an 822 OPS against righties last season. I feel like that could be helpful for some of you out there. Brandon Belt is really good against righties. Some other lineup notes and tidbits for you. DJ LeMahieu leads baseball with a 491 batting average with runners in scoring position. 
Thank you, Associated Press. I feel like I feel like DJ LeMay he was a sell high candidate. What do you guys think? I didn't think it was going to go as well for him in New York as it has. I thought his success was largely a product of course feel, but it turns out he's such a good line drive hitter that I think he profiles as a high BABIP guy anywhere. Um, so I, I don't I don't really see him as a sell high candidate. Okay. Yeah, I don't I don't know what you could sell him for. I guess it would be my problem. I I like I guess the one we always use. I would certainly trade him for Jose Ramirez. <laughs> okay. Uh, Chris Davis is batting 247 right now. That would be the fifth straight season, and he only has 12 home runs, so he needs to get that going. Daniel Murphy and Ryan McMahon sat against the lefty yesterday. In- interesting weekend for Murphy because he got really hot. He sat yet yesterday. Now he's going to face the Mets, and he faces Degrom, Syndergaard, and a lefty. Well, he'll start two of the games for sure. I, yeah, he'll start two of the games. I don't know if he'll get any hits. Dylan Moore has started seven games at shortstop for Seattle. He has two steals in his last four games. Should be cautious, though, because J.P. Crawford will probably reclaim that job soon. And Mookie Betts is 7 for 11 with five home runs against Danny Duffy. Hashtag BVP, batter versus pitcher. Those stats never lie, especially in these sample sizes. But that wow, 7 for 11 with five home runs against Danny Duffy. That's amazing. All right, Are you trying to... Troll the master troll. Now I'm trolling Heath. Yes, BVP. Yeah, okay. Not the Royals thing. Very subtle. But BVP. Yeah. Okay, uh, Thursday standout. Somebody talk about Max Kepler. He is the number 14 outfielder in points, number 12 in Roto. Before yesterday, he was 18th in both both formats, but he scored 21 fantasy points yesterday. Talk about Max Kepler. I really thought that we were done with the Max Kepler thing. Like, I had just adjusted to the point to where I'd move Kepler up into uh, starting range at outfield, and... Then he went on an ice-cold 0-for-21 streak, and I thought, okay, he's actually not that good. But uh, this will make you reconsider that. I, I think he's a a starter, but maybe not one you'll be excited about rest of the year. I love the Yeah, so it's... He, he... His fly ball rate, he upped it significantly last year. This year, it's about the same as that. So why it's been twice as effective this year, he's on pace for 40 home runs after setting a career high with 20 last year. Why it's been twice as effective this year is is uh, is, is hard to figure out. But I will point out that his ex-WOBA this year is only 15 points higher than it was last year, which makes me think he's probably performing a little overhead his head. That said, his actual WOBA 345 versus the XWOBA 337 suggests, you know, maybe it was more. I, I, I don't know. It's weird. Like, I don't know. I don't know. It was a bad luck last a year, weird you're kid. saying? Because that's not even true. It was only five points difference between the XWOBA and WOBA last year. I just, you know, obviously there are other things than home runs that uh, go into a WOBA. Yeah. Um, so uh, I, I, he's probably performing a little over his head, but he probably did underachieve a little last year too and the 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 true max kepler probably going to be you know like a top 40 outfielder maybe top 30 well yeah i mean he yeah he, there are some like his barrel rate is up a couple of points and his exit velocity is more than a mile per hour his average exit velocity is higher so he's hitting the ball harder 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Kepler's also leading off for the Twins, and they're the best lineup in baseball, and he has 80 runs slash RBIs. Now, actually, the RBIs really surprised me. As a leadoff hitter to have 40 RBIs, that's very impressive, but they have a deep lineup, and he's benefiting from that. Uh, okay, Taylor Rogers got a save yesterday, a two-inning save. If there's one reliever that you'd want to own in Minnesota, is it Taylor Rogers? Yeah, yeah, Blake Parker's been awful. His peripherals are much worse. Rogers says two saves in a row. Hopefully, hopefully he's going to settle in here. I feel like they will acquire someone at some point. But we got like Yeah, I mean two they were months. in the Kimbrell mix supposedly, yeah. but Right. We got two months before the trade deadline, but Rogers is 26% owned. Somebody talk about Robinson Chirinos. He's the number 5 catcher in points, number 6 in Roto. His last four games, he is 5 for 15 with four home runs and five walks, including four yesterday. But Chirinos has legit power, and it's showing this year he has uh, 10 home runs already in 48 games. Yeah, when we talk about impact catchers, I feel like we leave him out because he is definitely among the group that you never pay a thought to sitting. And uh, that's pretty much all there is to that. Yeah, I think he's right right there with Narvaez, like in that just outside the top five group. Um, but like Scott said, you don't you just don't even have to think about him. He's would, in your lineup, and you hope he doesn't get hurt. Would you rather have Chirinos or Garver? Chirinos. I think I think Chirinos is safer. Yeah, I'll, I'll say Chirinos. Any other Thursday standouts we need to talk about? Okay. I got Probably. More. Yeah, I got more. <laughs> All right, let's go. Let's go to more struggling starters. Trevor Bauer is not the only one. Patrick Corbin's been a little rough lately. Three of his last four starts have been bad. The other was a complete game shutout uh, at, against the Marlins. But Corbin's been uh, struggling lately. Caleb Smith has been struggling lately. It's uh, eight straight starts allowing a homer and five straight starts of five and a third or fewer for Caleb Smith. Uh, and Mike Fultonevich gave up two home runs. That's been the problem. But six innings, six hits, three runs, a walk, five strikeouts, and two home runs at Pittsburgh. So who concerns you the most, Corbin, Caleb Smith, or Mike Fultonevich? Well, I, this is coming from a, a standpoint where Corbin and Smith are far ahead of Fultonevich to begin with. Uh, I, I would say Smith concerns me the most because he already has a hard enough time winning games with the Marlins lineup backing him. If he's not allowed to go six innings, then that's going to be an issue. And I, I think it is more of a, what he's allowed to do situation than what he's deserves to have done because the pitch counts have been on the lower side for this five-start stretch with less than six innings. And three of those starts have been just fine in terms of production. Uh, obviously just limited over the the small number of innings. This this start yesterday wasn't so great, and his velocity was down. Not sure what to make of that. Could just be a one-off thing, but that's another reason for concern. Corbin, it sounds like, is dealing with a bit of a mechanical issue, but they, he was he was kind of falling off with his delivery, and so he wasn't able to locate his fastball yesterday, and they were just taking the slider. That's obviously so effective for him. But it sounds like they have a good read on that. I think he's probably going to figure that out sooner than later. And I still think Fulton is just trending up. It's trending up. It was a quality start in which he allowed just one more base runner than he had innings pitched. 15 swinging strikes after a start with 18 swinging strikes. If, for a guy who one of the biggest concerns about him coming into the year before he got injured is why? how did he get so many strikeouts with such a swinging low swinging strike rate? If he was th- getting this kind of 
the kind of swing he strikes last year that he's gotten over his past two starts, I don't think anybody would have been terribly concerned about him coming into the year. So I think he's on the right track, and uh, I would still consider him a buy low. You know, the fact he has a one and five record could probably help you with that. Well, the fact that he has a six ERA. Yeah, but his last three starts, um, two of them have been good, and the other one was 18 swinging strikes. So. <laughs> yeah, I I have no idea really. I was very uh, skeptical of Fultonevich coming into the year, as I always am with guys that have been bad for four or five years and then are really good for one. Um, I don't think we know yet. I don't think there's really hardly any chance at all he's as good as he was last year. Could he be a mid-three ZRA guy? I think that's still within the range of possibilities, but I'd probably expect him to be more the mid-fours guy. Going back to Caleb Smith, rank three breakouts. Lucas Giolito, Matt Boyd, Caleb Smith. I will Boyd, go Boyd, Giolito. Yeah, Boyd, Giolito, Smith. Okay. We got other podcasts that you should be listening to, like Off the Bench. Uh, actually, it's called Cannell and Bell now. Uh, with Danny Cannell and Raja Bell. It's an ex- excellent podcast. It's daily, kind of a general sports show. We have, of course, the niche shows like Fantasy Baseball, Fantasy Football. We have an NFL podcast called Pick 6. We have an MMA, Boxing, and Wrestling podcast called State of Combat. We have a golf podcast, three times a week, a golf podcast called The First Cut. Please listen to it. Go to cbssports.com slash podcast or podcasts. Either one will get you there. And uh, check out all of our shows. Check out the World Series of Poker. On CBS All Access, starting now until July 16th, you can be watching live streams of the final tables of 33 of the World Series of Poker Poker Bracelet events. That includes 25 events you cannot watch anywhere else. Big time stuff here. Go to cbs.com slash poker or download the CBS app on your phone or your streaming device. You can get a free trial. So start watching today. Again, you want to go to cbs.com slash poker or get the CBS app. For CBS All Access. When we come back, we're looking at the most added players in CBS Sports Leagues. And I'm going to tell you the guy who's like 5% owned that I added yesterday that I'm pretty excited about. That's coming up right after this. Worn by players like Michael Harris to meet the demand of elite ball players, the New Balance Fuel Cell 4040 V7 is a versatile option. The 4040 V7 is built for the athlete who needs responsiveness and ability to cut and run at their full speed. The model features a fuel cell foam underfoot and a synthetic and mesh upper to provide breathability, comfort, and a snug fit as you round the bases. The fuel cell midsole features nitrogen-infused foam specifically designed to propel athletes forward. Learn more about the 4040 at newbalance.com. Welcome back, everybody. So, I already apologized for cutting Scott off. Now I have to apologize again. Uh, When an emailer writes an email and says... I've written 12 emails and never had one read on the show. Now I feel bad. So, first of all, now you all know how to lie your way to getting on the show. But if you're I was going to say, don't, don't yeah. encourage yeah, this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What you should apologize for is telling people that he said that and then catering to his whining. Well, I, Write better emails. We'll read them. That is a, it's a good email. It, it's just a quick grade to trade. <laughs> it's from Nate in Pittsburgh. We're just going to grade this for Nate because he's 0 for 12 getting his, show, his uh, question read on the air. Now he's 1 for 12. Uh, 10-team points league, grade the trade. Give Luis Castillo and Austin Meadows. Get Max Scherzer in a 10-team points league. A-. minus. That's a, that's a lot to give up. The fact that it's a shallower league makes it even more, makes it an even higher priority you get the best player, which you did. Um, but you, you paid handsomely. 
I'll go B minus. Can we talk about the emotional side of this trade? Like how I assume Nate from Pittsburgh is a Pirates fan. How hard would it be to trade Austin Meadows in fantasy <laughs> after watching the Pirates trade him and Tyler Glass now away? Ugh. It might be easy. Yeah, it might be easy. Every time you look at your scoreboard page, you don't have that that pained feeling of oh, what did we give up? Every time you yeah. see Austin Meadows on Sports Center, you think, man, he's not helping my Pirates, and now he's not helping my fantasy team. Heath, what Sports Center? Yeah, HQ, you mean. Whatever. Also, uh, <laughs> at least he didn't trade him for Chris Archer. That would have been a bad trade. All right, let's look at the most added list now, ladies and gentlemen. Chase Anderson is number one on the most added list. He's in the middle of a two-start week, and it didn't go well. Four innings, four runs against the Mighty Marlins. His next start will be against Pittsburgh, and then you can probably drop Chase Anderson. Uh, am I looking at the wrong list here? Uh, okay, we have Jay Bruce one. I had Jay Bruce two. Oh, they're tied. Jay Bruce and Chase Anderson are tied uh, with 28% ownership spike. So, yeah, I actually think that Jay Bruce at 61% feels okay to me, guys. What do you think? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm very interested in seeing what he does in a smaller park. His home away splits with Seattle, which isn't a great place to hit, were so extreme uh, that, you know, maybe a lot of his fly balls were... Uh, that that weren't carrying over the fence there would carry over in Philadelphia. It's it's unclear if he's going to play much against left-handed pitchers this upcoming week. They only face one of those, so he's among my top ten sleeper hitters, and uh, could could have could have a resurgence here with the Philly. Okay, Jay Bruce, Devin Smeltzer, and Zach Plezak, forty-seven and thirty-four percent owned. Plezak over Smeltzer, right? Yeah, Devin Smeltzer should not be owned in more leagues than Zach Plezak. You should reverse those and then add some to Plezak. Renato Nunez has had a bad week. Um, do you still want to be patient with him? Nunez, Renato Nunez, he's 62% off. I, I, I think the time to use him is when the Orioles are facing a bunch of lefties because his numbers against lefties are terrific. Against righties, not so much. And, Didn't they uh, face a bunch of lefties this week? Yeah, I'm gonna guess they're still terrific against lefties, though. But it didn't go; it hasn't gone so well. I mean, there's still the weekend, and he could obviously rebound, but hasn't gone so well so far. Brian Reynolds, Dakota Hudson, David Fletcher, David Fletcher letting me down this week. I think Jorge Alfaro should be closer to 100% owned. He's a top 12 catcher. It's true. Yeah, uh, Garrett Cooper, 19% owned. Chris talked about him. Some interesting changes Garrett Cooper's making. He's not. He's not terrible. Uh, Alex Reyes is 62% owned. I mean, that, that has a chance. We go farther down on the list here. Alex Reyes, that has a chance to be a boon for your fantasy team, right? Yeah, he might. They have an opening on uh, on Monday. And I haven't seen how the starts line up, but uh, there's no probable pitcher set. He could be a two-star pitcher next week. Not that you'd want to use him. He was bad he last time out, huh? I didn't realize that. Reyes yeah. got rocked last time out at AAA. But still, we know there's a ton of potential there. We have Anibal Sanchez, yeah, Nick Pavetta. Go, yeah, I'm sorry. Just potential. Just potential. All right, so Alex Reyes, Anibal Sanchez, Nick Pavetta, Framber Valdez, all on the most added list. Who are the top two in that group? Reyes, Anibal Sanchez, Nick Pavetta, Framber Valdez. I would go Pavetta one, Reyes two... And I think those are the only two I care about. Yeah, I think I'd go Pavetta and Framber. Okay. 
all right, cool. So let's let's uh, do some buy or sell. Oh, the guy I wanted to talk about that I, Dominic Smith. He's six percent owned. He's batting three seventy three, four sixty eight, six twelve. In 67 at-bats. It's not much from Dominic Smith. But remember, what did he have? Corrective eye surgery or something like that? Uh, he had something hindering him. Uh, Dominic Sleep Smith. apnea. Sleep I apnea. Okay, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Which would mess up your eyes, I guess, right? But if you're not getting enough sleep. Uh, so Dominic Smith, he's got that fixed. I, again, I don't know where they're going to play him. If everybody's back and healthy, Cano and McNeil and Todd Frazier's hitting well and all that. But... Everybody is back and healthy. Not really, because Cano, Cano was out. He was out of the lineup, but he's back off the IL. He is right? back off the IL. So I, I don't know what happens. Because Je- did Jeff McNeil play second base? I'm guessing he did. Jeff McNeil was out of the lineup yesterday. And Cano, I guess, was too. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I, I, yeah, I mean, they need they need to get Frazier out of there, the main thing. And uh, we'll, we'll see if they do. Dominic Smith missed a few Maybe. games with a minor injury, but he has been batting second. And he's been doing very well for them. Uh, he does sit against lefties, and they face a lot of them. So, look, it's a deep league thing. But I, th- I don't know. I, I just feel like if you, I'm in a five outfielder league with a corner infield spot. I picked up Smith. If he's got a lot of righties on the schedule, I might roll with him. And he's only six percent on. Okay, buy or sell. Michael Brantley should not be among your top twelve outfielders. Phil. So. That's kind of reverse wording thing here. Michael think Brantley, about this. Outs should be should not be among your top twelve. I sell that, but it's borderline. Okay, he he is top twelve so far, but the power has gone away. He has one home run in his last twenty eight days. So there's that. Uh, buy or sell? Like four strikeouts. Yeah, he's gonna he's <laughs> gonna hit for average. It's perfectly fine to drop Derek Dietrich. Buy or sell? Uh, I, I buy. I mean, it depends on the depth of your league. Probably a sell in every roto league with the deep lineup, but a head-to-head league with the small lineup, sure, it's fine to do that. Yeah, it's a buy unless you have a middle infield, corner infield, or five outfielders in your league. Okay, he does continue to sit against lefties. The only time he didn't was when Joey Votto sat out. Uh, speaking of which, buy or sell, it's perfectly fine to drop Joey Votto. Sell. I buy it. I I did I, go back and look at his pre All Star break numbers in 2015 and 16, and obviously they weren't anywhere near as bad as they are now. But what was interesting was that he he did strike out quite a bit pre All Star break, especially 2016. He had more than a strikeout per game, and then in 2016 after the All Star break, Joey Votto had a jeez. A one eleven fifty eight OPS <laughs> and thirty two strikeouts in seventy two mm-hmm. games. He was the best hitter ever, basically. He has one home run since April twenty sixth. <laughs> well, this is what I, I feel like a slumping Joey Votto is exactly what bench spots are for. I, you could drop him. I don't, I don't know, know if anybody picks him up. To drop him. Oh, somebody would pick him up. I need to look at my team. What's his ownership right now? I'm guessing it's still in the 90s. I'll check. For yeah, it. I, would, I, I mean, obviously, him in that, it's higher in CBS than anywhere else. In that Yahoo, in the uh, Yahoo League, the oh my only Yahoo League. Uh, it's a 10 team and it's a categories league. Mm-hmm. And I want to see if anyone's picked him up. 
He's 93% owned. I, I, he is still a free agent, and he is 87% owned in that format. And one thing I do, like I, I, I don't usually give probably enough thought to the daily lineup league where you probably are incorporating your bench more than a weekly lineup league, which is mostly what I play in. Mm-hmm. And that would make it, you know, that's that's probably more of a Yahoo thing too and might impact. I, I would guess his ownership is quite a bit lower than 90% in Yahoo league. Yeah, to me, the, the biggest skill change for Joey Votto over the last two seasons, why he's not as good of a hitter anymore, is he is awful against lefties. He has two extra base hits and 60 at-bats against lefties this year. And last year, he, he wasn't quite as bad, but he slugged 376 against lefties. All right, buy or sell. Hunter Renfro and his 18 homers should be universally owned. He's 68% owned. Hunter Renfro, buy or sell? Uh, sell. Yeah, that's... That's a pretty easy sell. I mean, the one thing he's good at is something that's plentiful. It probably should be a little higher than 68. He's in my top 10 sleeper hitters for this upcoming week, has four games at Colorado. Ooh. So, yeah, I mean, he's a good sleeper for this upcoming week, but universally owned is a is a very high standard. That's Hunter Renfro. Buy or sell, it's time to buy Tommy LaStella. It's time to buy Tommy LaStella. I'm mostly by him. What's interesting is as he's started to pile up multi-hit games and get that Babbitt back up where it needs to be, the fly ball rate has come back down to normal. But it's still like 36%. So I don't think it's prohibitive of power. Um, Like he's... I think... I think he's like a more powerful version of... um, Fletcher. David Fletcher, right, is the first name? Yeah. Who who is proven to be a useful fantasy option himself, but like Lestella is, is kind of a more exciting version of that. That's kind of where I am with it. I'm going to maybe, sell it. Maybe a... But I will say uh, if he gets to 320 plate appearances, I'll buy it. I, look maybe up. LeMahieu's a, a better comparison because LeMahieu's obviously yeah. more established in fantasy. That's a good comparison. You know, the guy never strikes out Tommy Lestella. He has 16 walks, 16 strikeouts this year. Uh, but his last 21 games, he's batting 330, slugging 420. So the power has yeah. gone. But also in that stretch, he's they've faced eight lefties in three weeks. That's kind of a lot. And he's, he's got two extra base hits all year against lefties. So... You know that we don't expect him to hit for power against lefties, but uh, you know, it, worth noting the trend. I because I didn't really notice it, but it's just been a lot of singles lately for Listella. Okay, final buyer, final buyer sell. Trey Mancini is a legit top 12 first baseman, and currently he's 11th in points, ninth in roto, batting 306 with 13 home runs. Buyer sell Mancini, legit top 12 first baseman. Sell, but if he sell. plays every game the rest of the way, he might finish there. Yeah. Yeah, like there are more exciting options that push him down. But uh, talked about Listella's fly ball rate normalizing. Mancini still hasn't. So uh, I do think I do think he's better than in years past. He's not going to regress to that version. All right, more from yesterday, and then we'll uh, finish off with hopefully some emails. The two, the rest of the two star pitchers, and some weekend streamers. Mike Moustakis is the number two second baseman in fantasy. Buy, sell, or hold Mike Moustakis? Um, buy. I, I don't think. I don't think he's really the second best second baseman in fantasy. When all 
said and done, but uh, I don't really feel like he's going to go, you know, I, he's, he's performing that much over his head. I, I, I'd probably just be happy with him and hold. I think he's got like a legit shot at 45 home runs. Yeah, he does. He's got 18 so far, Mike Moustakas. Uh, rotation. Anything interesting to say about Jose Barrios? Six innings, two runs, one earned, six strikeouts at Cleveland. Zach Wheeler, mostly a good start. Three runs, two homers in seven innings. Um, he's been better than his ERA. I think people know that, though. Jay Happ, his ERA, by the way. Wheeler's ERA is 461. Jay Happ may be turning things around. Three, you know, solid starts in a row. Uh, Jose Quintana, I don't think I'm going to start him next week at Colorado and at the Dodgers. But, you know, he's been fine. He's actually been eh, kind of mad lately, Quintana. Chris Archer had a really good start, though, against the Braves. And from the video, it looked like he was throwing a little harder. I don't know if you guys are, know anything about Archer's velocity from yesterday, but watched the highlights and mm-hmm. saw some 95s in there look, look good. Uh, I think we should start with him, actually. Probably the most interesting guy on the list. I'm not going to say anything because I don't want to fight. But Chris Archer, great, good start It's yesterday. just nice. Yeah, it's nice to see him get back to the pitcher he's been for the last five years. Just a very good, uh, reliable. Why did I say I wasn't going to talk? Now I can't respond to that. Yeah. No. I, I, <laughs> uh, he has made a change his past two starts, where uh, at least according to the narrative, I, I I'm not really sure how to check to see if the numbers back up what they're saying, but apparently he's been emphasizing his fastball a lot more early in games, so that the slider is more effective later in games. And so far, that strategy seems to be paying off for him. Uh, so, yeah, he's, he's on the right track. He's uh, he's a two-star pitcher next week, and I actually list him as must-start. Uh, part of that's... Really? Oh, oh, oh Archer. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm, I was looking at Quintana's matchup. Yeah. Sorry, I got confused. Yeah. Uh, all right, so then let's rank these guys. Brios is obviously number one. I think Wheeler's number two, right? Yeah. I, I want to talk about Wheeler a little, if I can. Yeah. Because I think... He's he's the poster child of um, kind of what's going on in how we evaluate starting pitchers as a whole. Kind of what I was saying about Sierra earlier, what I've been saying was saying about Bauer, even what I was saying about Carrasco yesterday is I'm not sure if in today's environment ERA is the greatest indicator of what makes a good starting pitcher because you look at Wheeler's past ten starts, eight of his past ten starts have been seven or more innings with three earned runs or fewer. Eight of ten. Great strikeout rate. I mean, that's a really good run, right? Like, none of those starts you're looking at and saying, wow, that's a disappointing start from Zach Wheeler. They're all ones you'd want to have in your lineup. Seven innings or more, three earned runs or less. His ERA during that stretch is just over four. And if you take the one really bad start out of that ten-start stretch, it's just under three. So, like, I think, like, obviously that's that's probably hurting a Roto team's ERA, a high threes ERA. But except all but a select few starting pitchers, I think you just kind of have to expect a starting pitcher is going to hurt your ERA, and it's worth putting up with to help you in wins and strikeouts. You can't really compete in those categories if you don't have enough starting pitchers in your lineup. But... Like, there are very few starting pitchers that you can reasonably expect to help your team's ERA. Well, and Wheeler is a guy that, like, because what we were talking about earlier was with Sierra and how that's elevated, but he's also a pitcher 
couple things. One, he's mostly just been bad against the Nats, and he's been an ace against everyone else. Two, his FIP, XFIP, Sierra are all below four and well above average and all suggest that the ERA is just a little bit unlucky. So I, I But they're think, high threes, right? It's high three. It's still called uh, high yeah, threes. Yeah, mid to high threes. And I think he's probably a mid to high threes ERA pitcher, which is fine. Yeah, if if it if it you get some if you get a lot of strikeouts out of it, sure. Uh he's got more Well, than I think I no, I think we I think we probably just have to unless you're a guy that only pitches 5 innings to start, if your ERA's 375 or better, you're good. Yeah, uh, yeah. Sure. Um hopefully the whip is good too. 1.23 whip for Wheeler, but I imagine it's probably better than that in in his recent stretch. Um Yeah, all right. Uh, I'm going to have to skip some of the other stuff here. Josh Hader got his 14th save. He has 14 of the Brewers' 18 saves. Jordan Hicks got back on track with a save. Matt Barnes got a save. That was his first save in a month. And the Red Sox have recorded four saves in between Barnes' last save. Uh, So let's go through the two-star pitcher list and see what we're thinking here. I am going to save time for emails, so be prepared. All right. Chris Sale, Charlie Morton, Hyunjin Ryu, Trevor Bauer. Trevor Bauer, we're going to start, right? Cincinnati and at Detroit. Yep. Uh, how about Armand Marquez? Home starts against the Cubs and the Padres. I call him a start. Yeah, even though it's two home starts. Okay. Uh, James Paxton, Mets and White Sox. Mets at home, White Sox on the road. Yes, uh, for me. Yeah, you're, I'm starting him in points. I'm a little worried in Roto. Chris Paddock at San Francisco and at Colorado. I don't want to. Yeah, I'd start him. I'm happy that I own Chris Paddock in a daily league because I will definitely start him at San Francisco. You know what? I don't think I don't think he's actually going to make two starts. I thought he was uh, starting I on Sunday. Be, yeah, I think that's going to be Cal Quantrill instead. So, okay, all right. Then. I don't want to start either of them, so we can just rule them both. But out. I but I want to start Paddock if his next start is at San Francisco. Just one start at San Francisco? Oh, yeah. Probably, yeah. Don't, I don't think it is. <laughs> I think you're right that he's starting this weekend. Okay, so then let's just play the Chris Paddock game. Uh, that would be Washington at home. Uh, I probably would start him. Yeah, I think I would too. All right, uh, Jose Quintana. For me, it's an avoid, guys, at Colorado and at the Dodgers. Avoid. He is not in the must-start section, but he is in the next section where, you know, it's a toss-up. What about Fultonevich and Griffin Canning? Fultonevich has Pittsburgh and Philadelphia. Canning has the Dodgers and at the Rays. I'm good with Fultonevich. I think Canning. Uh, and I've I been wrong Canning about. I thought Canning was supposed this. to be this week. Yeah, I don't. I don't have Canning as a two-star pitcher for this upcoming week. Okay. But. All right. I do not want to start Fulton Evich. No. Uh, you don't want to no. start Fulton okay. Evich. Pittsburgh and Philadelphia. Okay. Interesting. All right. Scott says yes. He says no. Lance Lynn at Boston and at Cincinnati. Yeah, I think that's a pretty easy call. No, you know what? He's not a two-star pitcher. Either. Really? I don't. I don't think we yeah. have the same lists. Yeah. Um, no. Well, a lot of the guys are like I have the Turnbull. Dakota Hudson, Anibal Sanchez, but I also have Martin Perez, 
who even though he's got good matchups, I'm not I'm dropping, not just yeah. sitting, I'm dropping Martin Perez. Got Chris Archer on there at Atlanta and at Miami. No way am I starting you Darvish at Colorado and at the Dar- at the Dodgers. Uh Joe Musgrove might be a tough call at Atlanta and at Miami. Yes. Yes. I agree he is a two-star pitcher and it is a tough call. <laughs> uh but one I would probably I'd probably roll with him. I don't really want to start him, but I think I would rather start him than Fulton Evitt. All right, so then we got the waiver wire guys. Spencer Turnbull, Dakota Hudson, John Means, Jared Eikhoff, Kevin Gosman, Anibal Sanchez, Jake Junis, Mike Leake, Sandy Alcantara. Ariel Harado actually been pitching pretty well. He's at Boston and at Cincinnati. Uh, Texas starting pitcher. John Duplantier. And other guys you're not going to start. Um, I, so this is just a rehash of what we said earlier. Uh, Spencer Turnbull would be Scott's favorite. I think Dakota Hudson in a points league could work for you. I'm interested in Anibal Sanchez. Scott likes John Duplantier and Cal Quantrill, who's not listed here. Heath likes nobody. I would. Anibal is my favorite, and Eikhoff would be my second favorite. Okay. All right, then um, let me read your emails. Fantasybaseball at cbsi.com. This comes from Jack. Hey, Adrian, Elvis, and Joey. Those are Rangers. Rangers. Delano DeShields has been awesome since he's been recalled. Do you think Delano DeShields is worthy of a speculative ad in a 10-team head-to-head categories league with three outfielders? Would you drop David Fletcher for DeShields? I would not. Yeah, I was a strong no on that question until it got to would you drop David Fletcher for the Shields? And I do think in a 10-team head-to-head categories league, I might. Okay. I don't think I probably would have been rostering Fletcher in a 10-team head-to-head categories league. But in that format, I think I might rather have the Shield. From Joel, hey, Nick, Schmidt, and Winston. Scott and I know that. Heath, who are Nick, Schmidt, and Winston? Uh, new girl. Hey, yeah. How'd you know? That? I've never they watched that gone, show. I only know because of you guys. Oh, they could have gone Nick Winston and Winston. Spoiler alert. Nick Winston and Winston. Schmidt. Schmidt's first name turns out to be Winston. Really? Yeah. We never knew his first name the entire time. Thanks for ruining Correct. the show for me, Scott. Now oh. I'll never watch it. <laughs> I threw my pen. Ten team points league. Why aren't we more concerned about Blake Snell's production? He's 39th in points behind Peacock, John Gray, Zach Davies. How is he going to turn his season around and end up a top five starting pitcher? I feel Snell is a Snell high. I said I didn't Snell give high, a good enough way. explanation of this, and it can't be a Snell high because he's pitching worse than he was, so it would be a Snell low, and I never want a Snell low. But I didn't give a good enough explanation of this earlier in the week, so I'm glad he brought it up as to why I'm not concerned with Blake Snell. He had a not very good start his first start of the year against the Astros. Then he was awesome. Then he got hurt, missed the start, and had a couple of bad outings against the Royals where he couldn't even go four innings while he was still hurt. Then he was awesome. Then he had one bad outing. I think it's very easy to explain why he's so low in a points league, and I still think he's going to be a top five starting pitcher the rest of the way. I don't know about top five at six innings per start. That's my only concern. I think he's going to be great. It just he he you know especially in a points. Was he top five last year? 
Because he, I, you know, uh, well, he was, no, because he, he got the hurt. Same kind of situation with the innings. No, not at first. That's the thing. He he didn't have that at first, and then he got hurt, and he had a shoulder issue or an elbow. I think it was shoulder. Not a huge issue, but he went on the IL or DL back then. Came back, and since coming back from the brief IL stint, very conservative with Blake Snell's innings. I will just say I'm I'm relatively certain, and I'm not doing the math right now. But I'm relatively certain if you take out those two Royal starts when he was hurt, he's averaging more than six innings per start. But he's not averaging seven. I, th- how many times has he gone seven? Once all year? I honestly don't yeah, know, have, but I think it's been. Can that. we get a list of the number of pitchers at averaging? There's not. I don't think there's five starting pitchers averaging seven innings per start. I I just averaging no way. Yeah, that's it, that would be a that would be a really high average. I don't know if there's one. He doesn't pitch. He doesn't pitch deep start. into games. That's my point. But if, he, he's, if you average more than six innings per start, you're pitching deep enough into games. I don't know that he's averaging more than six innings per start. He is if you take out the Royal start. Because those were six innings for two starts combined. You sure? I'm going to do the math now. Okay. I don't have time for this. I think you're wrong. I think you're wrong. Um, Scott, <laughs> let's fly through uh, some grade the trades. From Carl, points league. <laughs> Give up Paddock, Austin Riley, and Carpenter. Paddock, Austin Riley, and Matt Carpenter get Vlad Jr. and Noah Syndergaard. He is averaging exactly six innings per start. Oh my gosh, I didn't realize the Royal start. We went way over time, and I am sorry. We have to go. Um, he's at exactly six innings. Exactly. All right, I'm going to give and this. 10 starts. I'm going to give this grade a B minus. A. Okay, an A. Great. Thank you very much. I'm sorry to the video crew for going over as they have to get ready for the Canel and Bell podcast. And we'll talk to you next week. Have a great weekend. We're on CBS Sports HQ Sunday from 3 to 6 p.m. Eastern. Check it out. Until then, I'm Adam. He's Scott. He's Heath. Have a great weekend, everybody. Bye.